0: I'd like to ask that everyone please stand and raise your right hand. There's gonna be a statement of faith up here that all of us are going to say together out loud. And if you don't do it right and you sound like you're speaking in tongues, then we're gonna do it over and over again until we get it right. And if the person next to you is not saying it, when we finish, just point to them and I'll deal with them after. Okay, so it's up on the large screen. One, two, let's go. I fight the good fight of faith. I take hold of God's promises for me. I forget the past and don't let past mistakes condemn me. I do not give in to the spirit of fear. I have love, power, and a sound mind. I put on my breastplate of righteousness for I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a son of the most high God. My father is Jehovah God and his DNA is mine. I may be struck down, but I'm never struck out or destroyed. I may be going through trouble, but I'm not crushed. I have obeyed God with my finances. Therefore, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, will supply all my needs. I do not worry, nor am I anxious, because Jesus has set me free from anxiety and worry. I forgive, release, and let people go who have hurt me. Therefore, I am forever set free. I am free from guilt, free from pain and heartache, free from worry and fear, free to go forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Can we give God a hand of praise? You may be seated. And thank you for that. You know, Pastor Foreman used to have a statement that he would say, and when people would say Happy New Year, he would say Happy New Year. Because if you were the same person as last year going into the new year, then things aren't going to be different for you. So you have to change, not the year, but you and I have to change. So this series that I'm giving to you is called God Can Handle Every Problem You Face. How many believe that? What happens, though, is we're not sure that he can do that. And I'm going to, in these next six weeks, give you instructions from God's Word, not staying in the same Bible book, but different verses of Scripture that deal with this. Because sometimes we carry the same problems from the last year into this year, and then we notice I'm stuck. And God doesn't want His children to be stuck. You are not the only minister in here, every single one of you are ministers minister means to serve you are here to serve each other i am the pastor and you are ministers but sometimes ministers don't want to do anything thank you very much for the word good night god bless you i'm going home i don't think so not anymore are we going to do that we're going to grow in such a way that each of us become responsible for each other not only will you learn to pray for people that are all around you, but you're going to learn to pray with people. Sometimes when service is over, people can't wait to get into the parking lot. And as soon as the pastor says, amen, they're gone. I don't want you to do that. I want you to slow down, meet someone, shake their hand, get to know them, <clears throat> and don't be ashamed to ask them, is there anything I can pray with you about? At first, they may say, no, 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 I'm fine. You go, okay but then they go, you know what, there is something. And when they ask you that question, is there something I can pray with you about? Please don't give them the entire history starting in 1963 to today. They don't need that. You just tell them what you need. Now, once they pray for you, or if they tell you, I will pray for you, it's your responsibility to come back to them and say, God answered that prayer. God answered that prayer, so thank you for praying for me. Well, let's look at the book of Acts chapter 20, and we go from verse 27 through 31. And tonight's sermon is called, Be on Watch. The Bible says, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock even from your own number men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them so be on your guard be on watch remember that for three years i never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears that's the apostle paul an elderly couple was sitting on a porch swing and the husband said to his wife Honey, our love is tried and true. And she couldn't hear very well, so she said, what? And he repeated, I said, our love is tried and true. One more time, she said, what did you say? I said, our love is tried and true. She said, I'm sick and tired of you too. (laughs) The point is, I want you to listen to me tonight. So the Apostle Paul gives us some advice. And the first thing he says is that we need to be vigilant in ministry. To have a vigil is to be aware, to, be a, um, to have awareness, to be on the lookout, be vigilant in ministry. Paul's approach was based on an unshakable commitment to God and to his people. And sometimes we get into a rut of thinking that serving in the ministry is actually a piece of cake. We aren't aware of any specific obligation for our duties are merely to handle the technology, collect the offering, make the announcements, or play a musical instrument and sing. In fact, we have a great time enabling the pastor to do his job and preach the word. However, whether we realize it or not, we are also responsible for everyone that comes to church. Everyone that comes in here They're expecting someone to care for them and someone to pray for them. Our culture likes to say, that's no business of mine. We like to ignore other people. We can't do that. It's not just the pastor's duty. It's ours also, especially if you have grown spiritually. You now are a more mature Christian and praise God for that. However, the more you have matured, the more you become responsible for the ministry you're serving in. Just like in a family, when the children grow up, you start giving them chores, you start giving them responsibilities of things they need to do. They're part of this family. And if you don't teach them, you know they just expect you to do everything. Well, the ministry is the same way. Individuals need to be instructed to care for one another. When I would take the singles, when I had the singles ministry, I would take them on retreats and every year I would say, Look at the person on your right and the person on your left. Pray for them because they may not be here next year. With everything that happens, maybe they backslid, maybe they died, maybe they're in the hospital. And it's sad when one of us is sick or in the hospital or something tragic has happened and no one else cares about it. Being creatures of habit, you sit in the same chair every Wednesday. And you're beginning to notice those who are there sitting around you. But do you know their name? Do you know anything about them? Because when they come and say, uh, so-and-so passed away, and you go, who? You know that person that used to sit next to you all the time? Oh my God, what happened? Well, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians in Ephesus, which at that time was a healthy church, But Paul, the apostle gave this much needed warning. In fact, some 35 years later, the Lord Jesus told them in Revelation chapter two, verse four through five, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen, repent and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come and I will remove your lampstand from its place. When you think you're in, when you think you don't have any responsibility, you're gonna miss out. The Bible says, when you think you stand, take heed, because you're about to fall. And this is what we're being told tonight by Pastor Mike. You have to begin to take this ministry that you're a part of, and thank you so much for being here, but you have to become responsible. You have to grow and mature. Can we give God a hand of praise for that? Paul's ultimate point is not simply to recount his sufferings, but to remind the people in, Eph- in Ephesian church why he underwent such trials for the sake of the gospel. Regardless of what he has faced, he never hesitated to preach, to teach, and to share the gospel. So Paul gave us a three-pronged diligence. And the first one was to keep watch over yourself. Now I'm talking to you. First, we must be on guard for perils within our own hearts. He said, keep watch over yourselves. Significantly before they could provide for the flock, they had to care for their own spiritual well-being. And what happens satan doesn't mind if you read the word of god or if you go to church as long as you never change in fact he'll encourage you you know you need to read the bible as long as you never apply any of it and it's sad to become aware or to awaken to the realization that you're not where you think you should be in christ i don't know that so i'm not trying to condemn anyone here but you know that, or you can ask the Holy Spirit. I told you there's a scripture that I I just don't like to read, but I will read it, but I just don't like to because it says, Lord, search my heart and show me if there be any wicked way within me because I think I'm pretty good until you compare yourself to Jesus Christ. Oh, wait a minute, you really want us to compare ourselves to Jesus Christ? Well, why did you become a Christian? Didn't he say that you would be the first fruits of his son? That you would become like his son? Where in your life do you need to become more of a, children, a child of God or more of a Christian? Where in your life does God want you to grow up? How can you expect from others what you yourself cannot do? And here the elders are described as overseers to look for to care for, the term overseers is mainly Greek in its derivation and emphasizes a responsibility and it's namely to look after others. The oldest one in the family looks at the other kids. Somebody has to be watching them. The dad is responsible for the whole family. The mom is responsible for teaching the children how to make it a home. And the children are responsible to grow up and become responsible. It's no different in the church. You cannot be a loner. You cannot be isolated. You cannot not care for other people because that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Get alone by yourself and chuck all these other people. Just take care of numero uno. That's what you were doing before you became a Christian. And so you have to break down the barrier and actually care about other people. Care about them. Talk to them. Love them. Shake their hand. Hug them if they would allow it. And ask them, is there anything I can pray with you about? And you know what? They, you, know, you know, what, And they'll tell you. And then pray for them. Because then what happens is you begin to care for them. You begin to ask God to be merciful to them. You begin to ask God to watch over them. And so he says, how can you per- perform this responsibility if you yourself are not in God's word on a daily basis? How can you minister? If you're lazy in your church attendance, if you don't have a willingness to speak to God in prayer for yourself, your family, or your church. Matthew 7, 17 through 23 says, likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit every tree that does not bear good fruit though is cut down and thrown into the fire so by their fruit you shall recognize them not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he or she who does the will of my father who is in heaven many will say to me on that day lord lord Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we not drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then Jesus says, but I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. It's when you think you're saved. It's when you think you're a Christian. It's when you think you're doing doing good. Church, if you don't take your, assume a personal responsibility for your own salvation, if you don't think, the devil is trying to get you to slip up, if you don't think he doesn't care about you, if you don't think that he hates you, and you think being a Christian's a breeze. At our age, how many know being a Christian is not a breeze? See, it's not, we're not on a cruise. We're in a battleship. Everyone has a responsibility. We can't, yeah, bring bring me another more food or bring me this. That's not Christianity. Well, where do you go to church? Well, I go to Cathedral of Faith. Does anyone there know you? No. Why not? I don't talk to anyone. Why not? Well, I'm into my own thing. I just want God to speak to me. Why? You can recognize quickly that in our society, here in the Silicon Valley, everyone needs a friend. Everyone needs someone to talk to them, to say, how are you doing? How are you? How's everything? But if I would finish this, we'd have an altar call, and then people just walk and leave. No one talks to anyone else. That's exactly what the devil wants, and that's why in his first vigil expectation of us is that we would watch out for our own salvation, please. Don't think that you've arrived as a Christian. I haven't. And when people tell me, you know what, I've been in the presence of God, God has taken me in the spirit up to the third heaven. I just go, wow. (laughs) Because I don't know what you're talking about. I have been a Christian almost 50 years. And do you know that I still don't know how close I am to Jesus Christ. Now you can think, well, that's your problem. No, that's not what I'm saying. God doesn't let me know. Hey, me and you, we're pretty good. You can back off. You don't need to read the word. You know enough scripture now. That's not true. For the longer, and you better clap on this, the longer we are Christians, the more we should be in the word of God and in prayer. So never suppose that you've risen above some particular sin or have attained immunity to various temptations. But always be on your guard. Don't think for a moment that Satan has forgotten about you. And it's for this reason he's called the enemy of God. So we need to have commitment. Say that word with me. And commitment means different things to different people. Consider the young man who waxed eloquent as he poured out his heart's devotion in the letter to the girl of his dreams. saying, my dear, I would climb the highest mountain." I would swim the widest stream. I would cross the burning desert. I would die at the stake for you. P.S. I will see you on Saturday if it doesn't rain. And Paul was not like that. Totally committed to his fellow believers, he was determined to seek their best the entire time. Second, keep watch over the flock. Everyone say that with me. Keep watch over the flock. Who's the flock? You are, it's the people seated around you. Turn around, look at them. That's the flock. That's who you need to care for. That's who you need to pray about. That's who you need to say hi to and talk to. We must be on guard from perils from without. And he writes this way, savage wolves will come in. In our culture, especially here in the Bay Area, we don't really see wolves and we don't see savage wolves. So we may not be too familiar with what Paul was describing, but you've seen enough documentaries to see what a wolf does to the prey that it catches. A wolf doesn't care how it kills its prey or what it does to eat them, and it doesn't care who's watching them when it does that. So when he uses the phrase, savage wolves are going to come in, That's going to be people Satan gets in this congregation to wreak havoc and to destroy you as a Christian. So we must be on guard. This is not just the pastor's responsibility. It's yours also. Have you not grown and matured from attending all these services at Cathedral of Faith? Have you not grown? Have you not matured? What then? are you doing with all this safety and all this knowledge that you've acquired? Because Christianity is not just about fellowship, it's about defending the flock by praying for them, praying over them, and teaching them to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. The thing that brings God the most joy is God loves people, but God is more concerned about Christians. And our responsibility is to help other Christians come to spiritual maturity. Because an immature Christian does more damage in the church than a person who just received Christ or a person who has not even received Christ as their savior yet. But how do I help another person next to me become spiritually mature? What is maturity? When Linda and I had our children, We used to say, and I'm not trying to say we're different from any other parent, every parent says this. Boy, our kids look so cute, I wish I could just stay this age. And then we say, no, 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 we better not say that. They gotta learn to brush their own teeth. They gotta learn to pour their own cereal. They gotta learn to make their bed. Well, what happens in the church if you don't grow, and you don't help others grow? Then you're always dealing with problems. There are people who have approached me and said, Pastor Mike, will you pray for me? And I go, you know what? I've been praying for you every week for six months. Tonight, you pray. I go, yeah, you pray and I'll agree with you in prayer. What are you, tired of praying for me? Yes, yes I am. When are you gonna pray for others? You just always want me to pray. I want you to pray for others. I don't know if you know what a heretic is, cults, what a secularist is, and other spiritual enemies that attack healthy churches. Our society and our culture teaches that God's word is outdated and insignificant. It promotes sex outside of marriage as a panacea for all the problems that people have. Satan and all his demons have wreaked habits, have wreaked havoc in the homes of new converts. How do you know? Because in my office, I talk with people who have had or experienced abuse, adultery, addictions, divorce, and are ignorant of the word of God. Some people just don't know what to do To overcome the maladies that afflict them in their personal lives but you know because i've taught you you know what to do and sometimes when people share with you what they need prayer for some of you tell them call the church and ask for pastor mike garcia and he'll help you but guess what i did i'm learning who sent you here Who told you to come and see me? But do you know what's happening now? Is I am getting calls from San Bruno, from past San Francisco, from Sausalito. I'm getting calls from Salinas, from Los Banos. I'm getting calls from other states of people that wanna talk to me. I am on the board of directors for the Northern California Bible College, and we had a pastor there And he said, Pastor Mike, I have a word for you from God. I listened to the word and he said, you have been used by God to help so many people through your preaching and your teaching of God's word. And I said, well, thank you. And he then said, but now God is going to be more intentional and increase the intensity of what you're doing God is going to use you to bring hope to the hopeless. Amen. And you remember when we were outside on the 14th of December and Pastor Mike was out there just saying, you know, Merry Christmas. God bless you. Thank you for coming this whole year. I don't know if she's here tonight, but she has spoken to me, but that night she walked out and she just started crying. I go, what's wrong? And she said, everything you said tonight just described my situation. And I looked at her because that word, God is going to use you to bring hope to the hopeless. And then a couple came out, a husband and wife that I know, and her girlfriend was here with them from Texas. And the girlfriend was crying during the service. I I asked the husband, why was she crying? And she bumped her girlfriend and she said, you must have told him everything about my situation in Texas because he just gave a word-for-word description of everything I'm going through. Church, that's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Spirit. That's not me. So if God is going to use me, to bring hope. Well, I want to put that blessing on you. I want you to be used to bring hope. Wouldn't you love to do that for God's kingdom? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you love to kick Satan in the face and push him back? Wouldn't you love to help a woman that's being abused by her husband and beaten? Wouldn't you love to help children that they don't even know where their dad's at? They don't even have food those are the types of things we have to learn to do as a church we have to care for one another the single parent ministry shay you were responsible for this we had the single parent ministry and we provided jackets for all the children of the single parents remember that and we didn't charge them we gave them brand new jackets we got them scarfs we got them beanies we got them toothbrushes Everything that they, so that when they went to school, they didn't stand there shivering. They had brand new jackets that the church gave their money for. Come on, give God a hand of praise. So what I want to stop is you keeping all this knowledge and wisdom to yourself while many of your brothers and sisters are suffering and feel that so many Christians don't even care. It is time that you become activated and participate in a specific ministry that cares for the very people that attend these services. Give our God a hand of praise. You see, Jesus died for them. He shed his blood to purchase them. And it's our duty to enable them to know how to pray, how to read God's word, how to serve in the ministry. And all this starts with you just being a friendly person and reaching out to them. They don't know where to look in the Bible. Show them. We should be determined to finish the course whatever the cost. A man or woman who never does anything except what can be done easily will never do anything worth doing at all. Think of what such an attitude means to the church. There's two statements I cannot stand. One is, whatever, whatever. When I'm talking to you and you just walk away, turn your back on me and go, whatever. Don't do that. The second statement is, hey, I don't care. What do you mean you don't care? We have to care. We have to care for each other. That person that you think, I don't wanna talk to them. Jesus died for that person. That guy that's abusing his wife, pulling her hair, Jesus died for that guy, only he doesn't know that. Satan's got his grip around his throat, and we know, but we don't want to get involved. What the heck does that mean? What if I didn't want to get involved and I just showed you videos every Wednesday? Somebody says, maybe that would be better. No, not really. (laughs) Third, keep watch over those who attend your ministry. We must be on guard for perils within the flock. Turn around and look around again. Look at the people here. This is the flock. Look at someone and say, you're a pretty good looking flock. Okay, even from your own number, people will arise and distort the truth. Satan loves to subvert from within and vigilance is ever the price of liberty. I didn't know you were a Christian is becoming quite the norm in conversations. I had no idea you were saved. You mean you've been attending Pastor Mike's services all these years? I thought you'd be more of a Christian. Even after the pandemic, some feel it isn't necessary any longer to attend church services. But church is the one thing they can't take from us. Living in America, come on, they can't take it. We still have the freedom to go to church. I mean, come in here, the heater's on, comfortable seats. We have the freedom to worship God, to have beautiful worship, prayer. And so since they haven't taken it away from us, if we don't become responsible for each other and enable this ministry to grow, we are going to answer to god and you think yeah but we live in america and we've got everything we need well guess what we're going to have more responsibility because we've been given so much so much we're able to feed hungry children in the schools we're able to care about the homeless and if we don't do these things god's going to hold us responsible Well, what would God have to do to get your and my attention? How could we not care about another person? How could we allow ourselves to get that way? The church is still as powerful as Jesus intended it to be, but Christians need to get back to a regular attendance to not only grow, but to be available to help others to grow and to become like Jesus. We must not develop a fortress mentality assuming everything is well for enemies are to be found outside and inside the flock of God. And history proves this to be true. And Paul also advised to live their lives by the grace of God. When God says, Pastor Mike, the reason I saved you And I let you grow so much because I wanted to use you to reach people for me. And I was having a conversation with my wife the other day, and I told her, how do you think a guy from Southern California wound up in Northern California here preaching the word of God to so many people? It was a plan of God, and I'm able now, her and I, We can see every door that was open and every door that was closed. God says, I'm going to get you there. And as I look back, you know, when you have hindsight, you have 20-20 vision, I look back and I am shocked at what God did to move to get me here. And I remember that day, Pastor Foreman said to me, he pointed that finger at me, he said, young man, you're going to be on my team and you're going to start working for me at my church. And I'm thinking, you don't even know me because I taught The Sunday school children, third, fourth, and fifth grade, up to sixth grade, and sometimes the teachers wouldn't show up, so I would combine all the kids into one classroom. So I never got into the main sanctuary of Faith Temple. I didn't know he knew that, but he knew, and he saw something in me that other people didn't see, and then I began to realize, that's what I need to do with you. I need to see something in you that you don't even see yourself. That God not only died on the cross for you, he saved you because he has a specific purpose to use you for his kingdom and for his glory. Come on. And there's nothing that brings God more joy than seeing you going against the devil and reversing the effects that the devil has put on other people. Women... Caring about women, men caring about men, not being afraid to say what needs to be said. Because someone told me, just like someone told you before you became a Christian. They witnessed to you, they poured into you until that day when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And God says, I have called you out of darkness into my marvelous light. Then as he ministers to us, he says, now go back. I don't don't wanna go back there. Yes, go back and bring those others, especially those that go, I remember you. Yeah, you're the one that needs Christ like I did. Bring them back. And what better responsibility can you have? And so what I wanna do now is, as Pastor Cedric plays this music for us, I ask you, Get up from that seat. Come to this altar. Kneel down and recommit your life to God. And don't be ashamed to ask God, do you have a ministry for me? Do you have something for me to do? Because I promise you, just like they did me, the Holy Spirit will tell you what he wants you to do. Come on. Come up here so we can pray.
1: Give myself away. I give myself away. So you can use me I give myself away
0: Jesus said he that loses his life for my sake shall save it but he that tries to save his life shall lose it what he meant is whatever you give up to fulfill the kingdom of God because you prayed the Lord's prayer thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth just like it's done in heaven Ask God to give you a ministry. Start here at Cathedral of Faith. Start here where you can talk to others. Just like Pastor just saying, give yourself away. You won't lose. And Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You're not going to be on your own. I'll be with you always till the very end of the world. And you will never regret it. Because you know, church, when we get to heaven... We'll stand before God and we'll cast our crowns at His feet. Sad to say some people won't have crowns of faithfulness because they never use their gifts for God's glory. I put upon you God's richest blessing. I put upon you God's blessing of peace, blessing of prosperity, blessing of health, blessing of giving mercy and receiving mercy for what you've done in the past. I put blessings of joy on you, and I put blessings of thanksgiving as you become closer to God and recognize how much he really loves you. I bless you tonight, church, with health and prosperity and joy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good night, church. We love you here. Good night.